This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just back. want somebody to share my life with There is a rise in fraud and scamming. You know, people are vulnerable. They're at home more. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another episode presented by Text Now. Do you want to give out your number but feel kind of weird about a rando having it? <laughs> then you need Text Now. They will give you a free second phone number that will ring right to your primary phone. And it's the perfect solution for savvy daters who want more security. Speaking of safe and secure dating, today's episode is all about just that. We are going to be talking about how you can spot a romance scam and get familiar with the telltale signs that someone isn't a trustworthy match. Mark Brooks, who is a dating industry advisor for the dating app background check software RealMe, is here to teach us all about dating app safety. Let me tell you, he is one of the OGs on the dating scene. Like from the beginning of Dates and Mates, a lot of times when you heard these dating dish headlines, they were ripped from the headlines of Mark's blog, Online Personals Watch. He has had a huge impact on my career as a dating coach, and I'm so excited to finally share him with you on the show. But first, you know, we got a dish about these headlines. Like Bumble is bringing coffee dates back to Manhattan. And ScarJo and Kojo make a baby. I'm kidding. I don't know if that's actually his nickname, but Scarlett Johansson and College Jost make a baby. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about their relationship. Then in Dear Demona, I will answer your questions, including if they say they don't want kids, could they change their mind? And should you tell your matches that you're a virgin? <laughs> Lovers, it's going to be a good one. Get your pens and pencils ready or your uh, note-taking app device and let's dish. D's dating dish. Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost are knocked up. I am so here for their relationship. And really, you know, I've been covering relationships in the news for a while. Scarlett was really kind of the ungettable girl. Like literally everyone in Hollywood had a crush on ScarJo at some point. And she's always been very discerning about who she chooses to be with. ScarJo already has a baby from her previous husband, Roman Dariak, baby Rose. She's not not a baby. She's six. And uh, she was married to Ryan Reynolds before. No babies there. But now it's time. Scarlett is 36. She felt that 
ticking clock again to have another baby. And she fell for Colin Jost and he's the lucky one. (laughs) So what was it that made her fall for Colin Jost? Is it his surprisingly square jawline or is it something about the way he treats her? I would argue it's probably because he's funny. And I think this is a good reminder to all the fellas out there. You don't have to have ripped abs. You don't have to be the smartest or the richest guy in the room. But if you can make a girl laugh, you might actually stand a chance. And these two, I've I've watched their romance unfold. It's so funny. She was talking about how she rarely watches this show now without an overwhelming sense of panic (laughs) because she feels like at any moment something is going to fall apart. And that's the excitement of SNL, of course, for audiences that it's absolutely live. And so my message for Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost is, That's what parenthood feels like. I know she's been there before, but man, with two, she's going to have her hands full. Hopefully she won't be too busy for maybe a Black Widow too. Well, if you are busy looking for places to meet your online date and you're in New York City, you should hop on over to Bumble Brew, which will open on July 24th. Yeah, Bumble, the dating app. They opened their own cafe in New York City. They have breakfast service to start because, you know, breakfast dates are hot, hot, hot. And then they're going to expand to lunch and dinner service uh, later in the summer. It's in Manhattan's Nolita district. And they say it's meant to be a safe space for healthy and equitable relationships and connections. I guess they're leaning a little bit into like the Bumble Biz, Bumble BFF. But we know that Bumble Date is really the bread and butter of Bumble. I'm really not trying to use all these Bs. It's just happening. But I really wonder, does Bumble really need to have a place to meet up with your date? Like, is it worth all of the effort? seems like running a restaurant isn't it like one of the riskiest jobs that you can do when the majority of restaurants fail? And I hope that doesn't happen for them because they kind of have a good thing going with their dating app. But it is a reminder. This is what I want you to take from it because I know you're listening going, well, I'm not in New York, Demona. Well, I don't have a Bumble Cafe. There's no Bumble Brew down the street. What am I to do? Don't worry about it, honey. You can have your own sort of Bumble Brew place. Have a go-to location that is your regular dating place. Mine was a place called Lola's, which was right down the street from my house. I knew I could have exactly one, maybe one and a half martinis and still get home safe and sound. And best part, I knew the wait staff. I knew the bartenders. There were people that were there that gave me a sense of safety. Of course, they saw me coming through there with a new guy every night. But still, even if they gave me discerning looks, they would know that if they saw someone treating me inappropriately, that they would intervene. And I knew that it was somewhere in my neighborhood that I could get home safely and quickly. (laughs) So that was my date spot. I've also had, I had a client who actually married a woman who had, was doing like a date system and she changed nothing about her dates except for the guy. She wore the same dress. She went to the same place every time. And she said that that helped her be able to tell when someone was different. She was trying to get to 100 dates. I think my client was like 96 or 97. So she never ultimately made it because she could tell that he was really a different kind of guy 
because he was the only variable that had changed in her experience. Anyways, I hope you're getting back out there safely. Don't forget to mask up. Please get your vax. I don't know if you guys saw the BLK vax that thing up (laughs) remix of the back that ass up song. I thought that was genius marketing. And I'm really hoping that you guys are vaxxed and waxed because that will certainly, certainly increase your chances of making a match this summer. All right. If you're excited to get out there again, I want to give you some more support and love. You need to get in on this Patreon Friends with Benefits Club. I have a bunch of new members, Lesia, Timothy, Wendy, Ogolo, Jen, Mia, Marjo. I want to say your name. I don't know your name because you haven't joined yet. So get in on this club. It's only five bucks and you can be a part of this community of supportive daters. You can get behind the scenes insights from me. You can do the weekly live stream with me and you can get access to my Dates and Mates catalog. We have only the last hundred episodes of Dates and Mates available to you right now. But if you want to see more, get in this club. It's at patreon.com slash dates and mates. Thank you for your support of the show. And thanks for continuing to listen. I'm coming right back with Mark Brooks in just a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. We're back. I am here with Mark Brooks. He is a dating industry expert. He's the official dating industry advisor for RealMe, which is a dating app integration that offers members of dating apps the ability to run background checks on potential matches and have a complete profile of who they're really meeting. He also runs an online dating news blog called Online Personals Watch, which reports daily on the latest goings on in the dating industry for executives and also for me and hopefully for you too. You can learn a lot from knowing what's happening in the news. And today he's going to talk to us about what you need to know to stay safe and secure dating today. There's a lot of red flags. There are a lot of signs when you're dealing with a scammer, when you're dealing with someone who is not who they say they are, catfish. And we're going to get to the bottom of it today. Please help me give big smooches to my guest, the one and only Mark Brooks. Thank you, Jamona. Great to be here. It's been a while. When did I see you last? It's been so many years, too many years. I think we last saw each other at I date in like 2016 or something. And since that time, you've been all over the world. You're calling in from Dubai, which seems very glamorous. (laughs) But you are the person, Mark, like for so much. Everyone that listens to the show knows I'm I'm all into data. I'm all into trends. And you are the person that shaped so much of that information for me at the beginning of my career. So I am forever indebted to you. And I am really eager to draw as much information out of your brain as I can (laughs) while we have this time together. Have a drink of my coffee then. Have a drink of coffee because it's going to go fast and furious. First of all, let's just talk about the trends in online dating right now. I would say the big change since you and I first met, which was, I don't know, over 10 years ago, is the speed of online dating has increased substantially because the barrier, in my opinion, 
feel free to disagree. The barrier for entry has been lowered. It's very easy to start a dating profile, get online, get matches, and suddenly you're just moving on to dates. And that, I feel like, caused a lot of dissatisfaction for people. Did you see Mm. that as well? Or do Mm. you think there's something else that's a big shift in dating apps that encapsulates the place we are right now? You know, it's funny. I think the cadence of life, the cadence of media have all shifted along with the cadence of internet dating. If you look back in time, look at uh, media like old movies, for example. If you look at the cuts, the cuts are really long. And that's partly a factoring in the tech, of course. But but the the cuts can be like 20, 30 seconds long, 40 seconds even. I was looking at Doctor Who 20 years ago versus now. And it's amazing how long the cuts are. Now it's like 10 seconds. I think I heard three seconds is the attention span now. So I heard that like for YouTube videos, you should cut every three seconds. That's insane, isn't it? Which makes my head spin. I I think that's the kind of cadence that we're in with dating as well. And and now I think we'll see a bit of a backlash because there will be fatigue. I think people want to give a little bit more of themselves because it shows some commitment to the process. Who do you want to go and Mm -hmm. date? Someone who's put in the minimum effort or somebody who put a, put a bit more effort in on a platform. It gives some indication of commitment to the process and pro- probably even the likelihood of showing up on the date. Right. And also you get to know them a little bit better. You get to know whether you might be compatible on something other than just how cute their face is <laughs> or their bikini shots or something like that. There's a bit more to people than that, isn't there? You know, there is actually an optimal length of a profile. There's something called the halo effect. And so what happens with the halo effect in the context of dating is that people will look at a profile and they'll see some things that are positive that are important to them. For example, it could be, hey, this person likes dogs. I like dogs. Wow, that's great. We're a match, (laughs) right? So they'll see something that they like. And then with the absence of too much detail, they'll tend to imbue, they'll kind of think of that person positively on other traits that are important to them. They'll kind of paint a picture. It's like, okay, they like dogs. They look nice. They're in LA. A couple of other things that are compatible on their profile. And that's it. Yeah, let's go on a date. And then they start filling in the blanks, right? Yeah. I mean, just local, 20 miles away. That's what people are looking for. You've got to be on the doorstep these days. Mm-hmm. If we do long profiles, then people become more eliminatory. They, don't, they kind of look for things and they see positive things and then they see negative things that they're not a match for and then they just move on. But there's more to dating than swiping. Completely. And I have said this on the show that your profile, you have to think of yourself as the curator of the museum of your life. So, you know, the curator doesn't not all of the paintings are on display, just the ones that tell the story that they want to tell for that particular exhibit. And then you want the information to unfold over time. But you said something earlier that I really firmly believe that there is going to be a correction that people are fatiguing of just the swipe, 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 go to the date. I mean, last year, prior to the pandemic, all I talked about was dating fatigue. (laughs) And then as soon as the pandemic hit, it's everything completely shifted. And then I think we're going to go into this like reorganization period. But the other thing that I saw shift, I'm remembering you doing a talk about mobile dating, like dating from your phone. And I remember you talking to a group of executives and saying, Guys, you got to make your apps 
easy to use on the phone. Be mobile, responsive, or you're going to get left in the dust. And everybody was like, what do you mean? Everybody's using online dating on their computers. So there was a big shift around that. And I think it's pretty much, I'm sure you have the numbers. Let me not guess. Pretty much everybody is using dating apps on their phone now. Oh, yeah. And it's because of the addiction factor, because of notifications. It all comes down to dead time when you're sitting doing nothing, when you, you've got that dead time in between sitting down at a table and waiting for the meal to come, right? Mm-hmm. You should be talking to the person in front of you, but maybe you just end up checking the phone. You know, you've got that couple of minutes, you know, uh, people fill a dead time with dating. Back in olden times, I love that I can talk to you about this, Mark, because we were there together in olden times. You were there <laughs> yeah. certainly longer than I was. But in olden times, we would say Sunday nights are the time to be online. Like that is when most people go online. You're kind of reflecting on the weekend. You're thinking about the week ahead and let's get some dates going. And I have to imagine that with the mobilization of dating apps, the peak times have shifted. And now the way you're saying people use it in dead time, it's kind of just all the time. Is there a peak time to use? No, just any time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dead time throughout the day at work, you know, not hopefully not driving to work. God help us. But you know. I know there are people listening that are like, "That's me." Yeah, oh my gosh, can you see me? The speed of response time has certainly increased then because of notifications. Yeah. Oh yeah. So people are addicted. You know that when you've got a fish on the hook, what do you do? You keep keep reeling them in. Otherwise, you lose the fish. Simple yeah. as that. So in the past the user behavior that we saw is that people would log in on occasion, they'd send some messages, you know, after work, maybe during work, but not that often. Now what we see is that people are very addicted. And we've, you know, in some ways we've kind of tuned the apps to be addictive because we can. I mean, we were ahead of the adoption cycle. If you look across various industries and the speed at which they came onto the mobile phone, we were one of the front runners, the internet dating industry, because because of the uh, fish on the hook effect and the notifications. You got that fish, better keep reeling. You got to respond to the notification, otherwise someone else is going to hook your fish. <laughs> it was it's economics. It's down to economics. With that immediate dopamine response, like if you're not responsive, it's amazing how quickly it dissipates, and that they're looking for the next hit. So I'm always telling yeah. my clients, you got to respond quickly. Like I I I say within like two hours of that initial yeah. message, but then. For the folks that really feel addicted, I also say turn off your notifications and just go check at certain intervals throughout the day so that it's not constantly. I went on a vacation. I turned off my Facebook notifications and oh, my gosh, it saved my life. (laughs) Okay, so the other thing that has changed a lot is a move towards authenticity. I noticed back in the day when like when I was online dating, when I met my husband online, we would spend all of this time trying to curate the perfect screen name, the perfect username, because that would convey who we were. It was the first entry point that the initial photo. Actually, when I started online dating, we didn't even have photos on our profile, but that's a whole other story. The other thing that I think Tinder did was move us towards authenticity. We want your real name. We want your real age right there up front. And because you're linking it with your Facebook profile, where theoretically you have all this real information about yourself, we want to know who the real you is. Yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. See, the key distinguishing factor between social networks and internet dating is that we do keep privacy at Paramount. You know, some dating sites will display names. Badu is interesting. You know, Badu and Hinge, if we compare those two. I mean, Hinge used to connect into Facebook so that they could see who you are friends with so that they could not show you those people. And Badu, meanwhile, would allow you to connect with your Facebook, suck on your profile, and then they would show you people that you are connected with on Facebook. They would kind of connect you with them. So that's the difference between social dating and regular dating apps like Hinge. Um, but primarily, dating apps safeguard privacy. And so we've got this kind of dichotomy of, you know, we want to give more transparency and give people a sense of trust and safety when it is do. We do need to verify that people are real, but we have limited ability to do that. And so that's where, you know, I think there's an opportunity for third parties to come in and actually help us authenticate, help us verify, and also help users get a better sense of trust and safety of the person they're about to go on a date on. Absolute paramount, you know? Yeah. So I know you are now working with Real Me as their dating industry advisor. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I want to talk about the features of Real Me in a minute, but first I want to just set up what the problems are. Once I got over the hump in like 2001 of like, am I really going to go on a dating app and meet these strangers? And like, this is weird and this shouldn't be what someone in their early 20s is is doing to meet people. Once I got over that stigma, which I think is has largely dissipated today, but it certainly was alive in 2001. And once I got there, I saw that there was really an opportunity to make a connection with these strangers, <laughs> these people that weren't in my immediate circle, right? But I still see that a lot of the friction today in joining dating apps or the friction over the last, you know, 10 plus years I've been doing this is that people are scared. They hear these stories of like this person got all their money taken or they watch catfish and they're like, I can't do online dating because that's where the weirdos and creeps and scam artists are. Now, as the OkCupid official dating expert and as someone who uses dating apps a lot, I'm like very pro dating apps. And I, I say you hear those stories because they are not super common. But I don't have the real stats on how often it happens. Yeah. But I bet you so, do. Knowing you, I, I do, bet I'll you do. <laughs> At my fingertips. Yeah. So let me paint a picture which would have your audience come to the conclusion, buyer beware. I've got to be careful, right? So um, the FTC reported that romance scams reached a record of over $3 billion in losses in 2020. That's up 50% from 2019. And more recently, 63% of dating executives in a survey said there is a rise in fraud and scamming, especially right now during the pandemic. You know, people are vulnerable. They're at home more. And it's a shame, but that's the facts. 
So what what is a good user to do? Well, you've got to be aware of the various forms of abuse that can happen. And the, the abuse, I believe, come in four forms. There are the scammers, the spammers, the obscene, and the obnoxious. These are the various forms of abuse that we have to guard against. Scammers, spammers, the obscene, and the obnoxious. And that's our role as a dating app to kind of protect our users against these four forms. So let me go into those four forms. The scammers will spend an inordinate amount of time reeling you in as a potential scammer target. They will build trust. They will even do video calls. It's amazing just how far they'll go and just how long they'll spend to be able to come to the point of an ask. And an ask might be, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, here's a good one that would have caught me off guard, actually. I just thought, you know, well, why do people fall for these scams? Here's, here's a good one. All right, so say you're dating someone, they were in the military, now they're working out of, let's say, Nigeria, and they're in Nigeria with a new role, and they lose their laptop. And laptops, just they're very tough to find, and they're very expensive. Would you mind drop shipping a laptop? They'll send you a laptop, all you have to do is forward it. Okay, sounds fairly innocuous, just forwarding a laptop. But the laptop, it turns out that you get is bought on a stolen credit card, and then you're on the hook as a person receiving the laptop. <laughs> you know, there's a knock on the door. It's like, you just received a stolen laptop. We'd like that back. And by the way, you're under arrest. You know, So th this is something, I'm, I'm not sure if this is very prevalent these days. I think the scammers have moved on, but this is something that I think I would have fallen for. Yeah. I think a lot of people would have fallen no, for No, you wouldn't. No, you're much savvier than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there are some red flags in that story. And I have heard stories like that before, right? Yeah. I feel like the red flag in that is like they're moving around, they're in different countries, and then they need something from you when you're just someone that met them on a video chat, right? Yeah. On a dating app. Yeah. They don't have anybody else. Where's their mom? Where's their sister? Where's their best friend? Why is it right. you that they're going to to ask for this? So I just say this because I'm trying to like tune our listeners' yeah. ears for what are these signs. And yeah. then I know there's a ton of other features with Realme that that they'll be able to use when Realme is integrated into their favorite dating app. But yeah. that is, to me, that was like ripe with, <laughs> ripe with red flags, but definitely a common story I have heard. And that, and then yeah. also like, I lost my wallet. I'm stuck here on my business trip, can you just wire me, I don't know, like a hundred euros, yeah. <laughs> right? The small ask. And then, then but then it increases, price. doesn't it? That's another exactly, yeah. sign. And they got you. They've opened your wallet. That's how they get to that billion dollar number, right? That yep. you just gave us. Yep. It starts in little increments and then it increases, increases the more that you become intimately involved with that person. Yep. Emotionally, yep. I'll say emotionally and yep. intellectually involved with that person. Because most of the time they're not meeting, right? They just had an accident. They're coming to fly to the airport to come and see you. You've paid for the ticket, although you haven't. They pocketed it. And you're, they're flying the next day. They, then, then they don't show up. You're at the airport. What happened? They pick up the phone. I had an accident on the way to the airport. I'm in hospital, but I can't afford the treatment. I'm going to need a couple of grand. I hate this story, but I know it does happen. I know it does happen. Okay, so that's the yep. scammers. What about the yep. spammers? Oh, uh, well, you know, 
The prostitutes are great at uh, being very prolific and sending lots of messages. And basically, I'd, I'd include them in the spammers group because they've got an ask, they've built up to the ask, and, and they're generally just really being prolific on a platform. So one of our listeners, Chris, told me about this scenario that he's been encountering all the time across various apps. The, he'll match with these women, gorgeous women that are like, hey, follow my OnlyFans. And it seems like they are just, you know, it's not prostitution, but they're like promoting. And it could even just be like, follow me on Instagram, follow me on TikTok. But I would say that would be under the spammers, right? Oh, absolutely. My God, yeah. And what does he do about that? I mean, how can he avoid that? As a user, if someone is trying to get you off platform, that's a bad thing. As a dating app, our job, it sounds like we're trying to just get keep you on the platform so that we can make money off you. That's not the entire story. It was part of the story. Of course, we want to monetize and provide value. The value that we provide is if you have a bad experience, we can see that bad experience. We can report that bad experience. We can then protect other users from having that bad experience. But what the, the scammer and the spammer will typically try and do is get you off platform. They want you on the telephone. They want you on Skype, You know, WhatsApp, they don't Definitely want you on WhatsApp because that's how they get locked down and kicked off. They want you on WhatsApp because that's how they can communicate with you internationally because they are not where they say they are. <laughs> Just want yeah. to add yeah. that. But I've said that too, Mark, like stay on the platform because that's yeah. where they can track your behavior and that person's behavior Absolutely. and they can give you some level of protection. As soon as you move off the platform, you're on your own. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The Which obscene. Is- We've talked about dick pics on the show before. I know some uh-huh. of the apps have added like, uh, like Bumble has this like dick pic identification software. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't quite comprehend it. Uh, but yeah, it's very prevalent. Guys like to show off, apparently. And so it depends on the platform. I mean, some platforms allow it, some, most do not. Most will have some sort of software which will look at the images and te- look for nudity, right? So we've, we've pretty much all got any, any decent app is going to have a lot of protection on the back end to look for behavior. And part of that protection is the real me. We're looking as a comprehensive background checks and reputation platform. Real me is able to authenticate, get a good confidence level that the person coming onto the platform is really who they say they are. Right. So that's the first protection. And then beyond that, we're looking at kind of goodness rankings. It's like, what's their behavior? What do they look like in social media? What do they look like through background checks? What are these various lenses? And then a ranking and the scoring. And and that's very important. Is that where the obnoxious comes in? Because there are some people that it's not that they are bad actors necessarily, like they're not trying to scam you, but they are just not people you want to be dealing with. At the end of the day, past behavior is the best indicator of future behavior. And so to have a window into that world that's off that particular dating app is absolutely crucial. And that's what the real me does. Preach, brother, preach. I've said that before. Absolutely. You have to look at that. So wait, let's talk about a real me now, like how the app works. It's not something right now where you can like go and download real me. Real me integrates with the app that you're on. Yeah, um, it's live on Mingle 2 and it's live on Bristler, which is part of M14, a company called M14 that has a variety of different uh, apps. But it's live on Bristler, which is an interesting niche dating app. 
tell the fans at home what they can win on Bristler. There's a niche for pretty much everything these days, but a lot of guys have beards and some women really like guys with beards. And so Bristler is for people who like beards. It's an app just for that. Out of the pandemic, yeah. you better be liking beards because a lot of guys just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> beard oil, men, beard oil and grooming. OK, we talk about beards a lot on the show, too. But I read some stat that more women like beards than don't like beards. So I'm in the beard list. My wife doesn't. Otherwise, I'd grow one. She doesn't like beards. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, my husband is not allowed. Oh, really? He's not allowed. <laughs> I was going to gonna ask you about that. I don't think he wants to. It's also kind of funny because he has salt and pepper black hair and then his beard comes in fully red. Oh, so it's just yeah. a look. It's also a look that's a whole commitment. But other people can rock the beards. And I know there are a lot of folks that are looking for uh, bearded matches. So let's say we're on those those apps. Is it mm-hmm. automatically pulling in the information or you have to then request someone to verify through RealMe? You can basically get a sense of the person and then you can actually sign up for the RealMe services and you can check. Background check is the main thing. So we're looking into background checks on those particular platforms and there's different iterations of the service for different platforms. So they can kind of opt in to do a more extensive check. Um, What we're building up towards is the reputation element. We've got the reputation element by looking at social media, public social media. So we kind of correlate the individual with their social media and then look at the, the open communications. And that's really, really key and a, a very big differentiator for real me is the information's out there. You could go on Google, but it would take a long time. Why not use a, a third party that does the work for you? And I've talked before about, you know, how to Google or how to use one of these like background check sites. But you're talking about a whole yeah. different level of reputation, yeah. meaning what is that person's actual behavior? Because I'll say we started this conversation around scammers and spammers. I feel like those situations are less common or much easier to spot than somebody who is in the obnoxious camp or in the obscene camp or like maybe they send a dick pic every now and then and it's like a Hail Mary dick pic and they're hoping it might land. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or maybe they they kind of harass or they use language that's kind of offensive or inappropriate or like, I don't know, there might be people who get unmatched frequently because they might have great profiles. But then once you get into conversation with them, people are like, ew, gross. Is that something that you can you can do you, is that is that included in the reputation? There's a score which gives you a general sense of, well, I won't say the word goodness. I mean, that's ultimately, it's difficult to define the various aspects of character. But what we're trying to do with the real me is work, concentrate on the, the context of internet dating. So that's what it's really tuned towards uh, with the integrations on these platforms. So the idea is that the real me has a high confidence rating usually for the background check. So that's pretty hard and fast. Is this a felon? Is this somebody who's a sex offender? Those are two key mm-hmm. things there. And then also going out to social media, looking online and, and correlating that individual with what they're seeing online. So it's, it's a number that gives a general sense of whether you can trust and, and feel safe around this person. It's you know, uh, vastly superior than just looking on Google, <laughs> which is time consuming Definitely. and 
inaccurate and, you know, it, it pays to have a, a third party. Is it kind of like credit yeah. check? Remember, You're like, oh, I was thinking clout. Seven, Remember clout? 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was obsessed with my exactly. clout score. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> that was a nice idea, wasn't it? Um, so it was. I don't, I don't know where it went, but bye. <laughs> R.A.P. Clout. But yeah, so you understand like that person's entire background, yeah. like whether they have a criminal background and then also like, are they generally a person that you can trust is there for the same reasons that you're there? Yeah, and it's explicit. I mean, the, the dating apps have the ability to be, to offer up this information explicitly so they can say this person is is, a, is actually a felon. Um, some do, some don't, but they've got that granularity to choose. So it depends on the platform. Um, there was an article that was pretty big a few weeks back that said there were felons that were identified on dating apps and people notified the dating apps and the dating apps were a little slow to some of them. I'm not going to name names, but they were a little slow to respond and to remove that person. So would this be preventing some of those people from communicating? Like if you get a certain score, is it like, oh, so good luck. Let me just turn this around. It's a really interesting kind of philosophical debate. It's like, okay, someone's got a felony. It's from when they were 20 and they, they, they were a drug, drug addict. Right now they're 40. Do, do, do they belong on a dating app? I mean, it's fine with me, but I'm sure some of my clients are right. like, well, I'd like to know that. But like, what if they, I don't know, sexually assaulted someone a year and a half ago? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Maybe you should. I mean, the thing is, not all felons are created equal. Sure. And so it's important to have some transparency, right? Some ability to see what you are getting into. Just when did this happen? Roughly, what was it? Do I like this person enough to look past this? Mm -hmm. Right? So that's why I hate to play, you know, playing devil's advocate here. Should we be kicking all felons off dating apps or should we allow people onto dating apps? Should that really fall on the dating app to filter people out like this? Or should we just allow the individual to have better information, better ability to like be okay with certain offenses? It's like beards, Mark. Like some people are into that. Like I had a producer on the show years ago and she was like, I'm like a ride or die chick. I had this boyfriend in prison and I was like, you know, more power to you. <laughs> that's what, if that's what you're into, say it loud and proud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is people think, oh, I met somebody terrible on a dating app and tell all their friends about it. It's like, they're there guaranteed they're there. We can't defend against someone with bad intent showing up. In fact, the most dangerous person is the person who hasn't been caught. So think about that for a second and dwell on that. It's like, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. that person who's not been caught yet. Maybe there's some leading indicators of them being not so safe, not so trustworthy in their prior behavior, but they've not been caught for that big crime. So um, still, don't let your guard down. Proceed with caution. Don't just give your home address. I mean, you, there's a crescendo you build to when you're building that initial relationship. I don't just worry people too much, but you know, it's not a social network. You can't see the other people that they're keeping up with. You can't see if you've got a friend that knows that person, right? Um, 
our responsibility is to make sure that if that person is a bad actor, with another communication, with another person, that we do remove them. And if they come back, then we know it's the same person. We've got tools for doing this. We know it's the same person and we can throw them into uh, quarantine, basically, and then look at their behavior and see if they're going to repeat it. For example, with scammers, we have this thing called scammer hell. And so some dating apps, what they'll do is they'll identify the best, most responsible thing to do with a scammer is to suck up their time, <laughs> right? Uh, this kills their numbers, it kills their motivation, and hopefully they go find something else to do. So we actually put them some data, some companies will put them into a separate database where the scammers just scam each other. <laughs> <laughs> what what a uh, sweet revenge <laughs> on the scammers. Thank you so much for being here, Mark. I love hearing all of your insights and I hope you will continue to share them with us on Dates and Mates. And I hope everybody will check out The Thank Real you. Me. If you want to know more about what The Real Me is doing, go to therealme.com slash dating. We'll put the link in the show notes and be sure to look out for The Real Me on your favorite dating app in the future. In the meantime, you can check him out on Bristler and on The Mingle too. Thanks so much, Mark. Thank you, Jamona. See you soon. Make sure you check out those two dating apps if you want to get a taste of the real me life. Also, Mark has Online Personals Watch. It Honestly, best blog in the industry. I love reading it. You will too. And we will put a recap of everything we learned today in the show, of course, of course, in the show notes at datesandmates.com. All right, stick around because you have questions. Inquiring minds want to know if they say they don't want kids, does that mean they never want kids? And how to navigate dating as a 35-year-old virgin. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's time to answer your questions. And dear Demona. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. This one came to me on Instagram. Very provocative question. They ask, if someone checks the box of don't want kids on a dating site, I'm using air quotes, but you guys can't see them unless you're watching this on Instagram. By the way, did you know that I put clips of these on Instagram now? Anyways, the question is, if someone checks the box, don't want kids on a dating site, does that mean now or forever? Well, to make a definitive statement of don't want kids, when you have the option of maybe someday or I'm still deciding, depending on the app, there are different variations to how to answer this question. If they straight up chose don't want kids, I would say that probably means forever. And this is one of those boxes that people kind of skim over. But ultimately, if you're looking for a long term relationship, it has a lot of significance. I have seen really great relationships break up because one person wanted kids and the other didn't. And they both thought that if they loved each other enough, that one would just change their minds down the road. And this isn't the kind of thing that someone changes their mind about. That said, I distinctly remember having a conversation with my best friend when she said she absolutely did not want kids and she would never want kids. And then she ended up having kids before I did. <laughs> Shout out to you, Holly. But sometimes it's partner dependent and the situation they're in then. But most times if they're single and on a dating app and they say they don't want kids, you got to take them at their word. And we can waste a lot of time going down the rabbit hole with somebody who is not ultimately aligned with you on your core values. Values is one of the top four things you need to be looking at when you're looking for a lifelong partner. 
that would be a value, how you want to live your life. That's a value. And no shade at all against people who don't want kids. As a parent, I can say they are not for everyone. They are a huge commitment and not everyone has that vision for their life of being a parent. But then on the flip side, there are people that absolutely must be a parent and that their life wouldn't feel fully realized if they weren't. I was always somewhere in the middle. So if you're in the middle, you might want to go for it and just see if you could go either way, depending on your partner. But if you are at one end of the spectrum and that person is at the other end of the spectrum, I think you've got to take them at their word and think that they mean it forever if they say they don't want kids. Our next question comes to us from a listener we'll call C. She says, I am a 35-year-old black female virgin, and regardless of what people say, I feel ashamed. It's like a chip on my shoulder or a hurdle I need to overcome, and I've been made to feel like this since junior high. Needless to say, I never have been in a relationship or even been kissed. When should I divulge that I'm a virgin, if at all? How can I find guys who are not just looking for a one-night thing, but are not trying to marry me in less than six months? Yes, many guys trying to get married right now. Demona, please help. And that's H-A-A-A-A-L-P, L-O-L. <laughs> all right, C, let's break this down. First of all, first of all, Kudos to you for having enough conviction in your beliefs and in what you want for your first time for you to maintain your V card, even when people made you feel ashamed. So first of all, I want you to just give yourself a pat on the back rather than internalizing it as shame. Look at it as maybe for them, it's a little bit of shade because they wish they had that kind of conviction. So let's go ahead, put that aside and deal with the issue at hand. You don't owe anyone any information. I literally was just saying this to a client the other day. People need to earn information from you as they get to know you. So you don't need to divulge to them that you're a virgin, first of all, ever, if you don't want to. But if you feel like you're planning to have sex with someone and you think it's important that they know so that maybe they're a little bit more compassionate or they're willing to go a little slower with you, then when you trust someone, that's when you divulge that information. Because there's also like virgin chasers out there who would be hot for you just, <laughs> just because you tell them that you're a virgin. It's like something that they feel they've like a conquest. They've conquered. They've conquered the Vestal Virgin. You don't want any part of that. So a note for everyone listening. Nobody needs to know your number. Nobody really wants to know your number, frankly. <laughs> I saw my friend matchmaker Maria answered this. Like when somebody asks your number, just say at least a, a thousand dicks. I've seen at least a thousand dicks. <laughs> Shout out to matchmaker Maria, who was on a, uh, a couple months ago. You can go back and listen to her, her episode if you want more of those kind of zingers. But you can always answer a question that makes you feel uncomfortable with a coy and flirty spin. So maybe you don't want to say at least a thousand dicks, but I would say like, why do you want to know? Why do you want to know? Like, <laughs> Now here's the thing, see, you said that you have never had a relationship or never really been kissed. I don't know what like partially been kissed is. Spin the bottle maybe. Anyways, fast forwarding now, you're 35 and 
it makes me just wonder what is it that that makes you not feel safe or comfortable kissing someone or being in a relationship with someone? Is it something that you did by choice and that that wall just stayed up? Or is it something where you feel like people don't approach you or you aren't able to make a connection to move it forward to that next step? So let's not even get to the virgin part. I just want you to feel comfortable kissing someone. And what a summer to do it in. (laughs) You better ask for their Vax card, I guess, if you're going to do it now. But I would really ask what is under that decision and what is your motivation? Do you want to have a relationship right now? Because, you know, not everybody wants to have a relationship. There's Not everybody wants to have sex, but just think about not getting to the finish line, but getting one step from where you are right now. And I would say red flag, any guys trying to get married in less than six months. To me, that sounds like a scam, a catfish, something that is not not worth your time to pursue. So I hope that's helpful. (laughs) Thank you so much for your question, C. And be proud and go forward with dignity and with conviction. I hope you enjoyed episode 369 of Dates and Mates. Quick question. Did you do a review yet? A review of Dates and Mates on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I have to thank our listener, Nahida from India, who said this is dating done right. She wrote her review at six in the morning after binge listening and it helped her so much with her new relationship. She says she's expressing herself and communicating better. And I would love to know what you are learning from Dates and Mates and which episodes have been your faves. Go ahead and leave a review right there in the podcast app on which you are listening to the show right now. All right. Don't forget to check out Online Personals Watch for all the top stories on the dating industry and look out for Real Me on your favorite dating platform soon. I'm at Damona Hoffman on all the socials. DM me, y'all, on any platform with your questions for the show. You can send me a voice memo right there on Instagram. Just press record and send me your question and you could end up on a future episode. I will be back again next week with Naomi Shaw. She is the founder of the Meet Cute podcast. We are having a really interesting conversation about one coffee date that turned into a whirlwind marriage. Ooh, it's a juicy one. We'll also discuss how long you should wait till you get married. Until then, I wish you happy dating. <laughs>